I just love Christmas. The sights and smells and sounds of it fill my heart with joy every year. And for Christians, this season is so much more than carols, cookies, and Christmas lights. It's a celebration. Hi, I'm Charles Morris, and welcome to the Great Stories Podcast. And I want to spend our time together focusing on the most anticipated moment in human history, the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, today we're returning to a message and some conversations with Haven friends that we recorded back in 2017. You'll hear from Lee Strobel, the author of The Case for Christ. You'll also hear from Jesus Storybook Bible author Sally Lloyd-Jones, who's joined me on our Haven Today program many times through the years. Sing the Bible creator Randall Goodgame and Senate Chaplain Barry Black will be stopping by as well. Together, we'll be talking about the Christmas season and what it means for us to celebrate the long-awaited Jesus year after year. As you prepare your heart to celebrate the birth of the Messiah this year, I know this podcast episode will help you keep your focus on Christ. So let's get started. Hi, I'm Charles Morris, and welcome to our Haven Today Christmas special, Christmas in the Beginning. I just love Christmas. And I love Canadian brass carols, like Bach Bell, you're hearing now in the background. I love the sights and sounds of Christmas. For Christians, this season is so much more than carols, cookies, and Christmas lights. It's a celebration. It's an opportunity for us to turn our focus to the most anticipated moment in human history, the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. On this Haven Today Christmas special, I'm excited to be joined by some Haven friends as we think about what this season means for us because of our Lord. Friends like Lee Strobel, Sally Lloyd-Jones, Randall Goodgame, and the chaplain of the United States Senate, Barry Black. Christmas in the beginning. What comes to mind? A manger filled with hay? Shepherds tending their flock by night? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh? We went to a local Sunday school. And we asked some kids when they thought Christmas began. I loved what this group of children came up with. When did Christmas begin? I don't know. Um, December 25th? Um, when, when Jesus was born. In a little town called Bethlehem. When Jesus was born. In December. Um, when Jesus was born? Um, the first Christmas was like two years before number one AD. A long time ago. Christmas is all about Jesus. Who came first, Jesus or Santa Claus? Santa Claus isn't in the Bible. I'm pretty sure Saint Nick was mentioned in the Bible, giving the uh, coins to the three poor ladies. Do you think Jesus is in the book of Genesis? Yes. How? They mention him, that he's a promised lamb of God. Isn't that great? You know, they are not wrong, are they? Well, not all of them anyway. Vocamo Come Emmanuel. Such a beautiful song, vividly capturing the anticipation of the people of Israel as they waited hundreds of years for their Messiah. 
As they waited and prayed to God to fulfill his promises, they were clinging to prophecies, like the one found in Isaiah 9, 6. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. But the story behind this first Christmas goes back even further than the prophets. It goes all the way back to the patriarchs. I'm thinking of a story found in Genesis 18. Years passed and things didn't get any better. People were still just as cruel and mean to one another. They still got sick and died. God's world was still full of tears. It was never meant to be like this. But God was getting ready to do something about it. He was going to make all the wrong things right, and he was going to do it through a family. Abraham, God said, how many stars are there? God was about to tell his friend a wonderful secret. Let me see, Abraham said, rolling up his sleeves. But have you ever tried counting stars? Then you know how hard it is. 993, 994, 997, uh-oh, no, wait, one, two, of course, he kept losing count. Too many, he said. Guess what, God laughed. I will give you so many children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, you won't be able to count them either. Abraham couldn't help giggling at such a wonderful idea, but he stopped himself. How could he have a family? Don't be silly, he didn't have any children, let alone grandchildren. He wiped away a tear. Anyway, it was far too late for him to start having babies at his age. He was 99 years old. What could God mean? Abraham, God said, believe me. And then God told Abraham his secret rescue plan. Abraham, I will make your family very big, God promised until one day your family will come to number more than even all the stars in the sky. Abraham looked up at the dark night sky, thick with stars. You will be my special family, my people, and through you, everyone on earth will be blessed. It was an incredible promise. God was going to rescue the world through Abraham's family, one of his great, great, great grandchildren would be the child, the promised one, the rescuer. But it's too wonderful, Abraham said. How can it be true? Is anything too good to be true? God asked. Is anything too wonderful for me? So Abraham trusted what God said more than what his eyes could see, and he believed. Now, when Abraham's wife Sarah heard God's promise, <laughs> she just laughed to herself, but it wasn't a happy laugh. It had tears in it. She'd always wanted a baby. Could her dream come true? Could she really have a baby when she was 90 years old? No, of course not, don't be silly, it was far too late. Sarah didn't believe God could do what he promised. She had forgotten that when God says something, it's as good as done. Of course, it was as easy for God to give her a baby son as it was for him to make all the stars in the sky. Sure enough, nine months later, just as God had promised, Sarah gave birth to a baby boy. They named him Isaac, which means son of laughter. And Sarah laughed, but this time it was a glorious, happy laugh. Her dream had come true. God would do as he promised. He would always look after Abraham's family, his special people. 
And one day, God would send another baby, a baby promised to a girl who didn't even have a husband. But this baby would bring laughter to the whole world. This baby would be everyone's dream come true. Sally Lloyd-Jones, thank you so much for reading to us from your Jesus Storybook Bible called Son of Laughter. Joining us now is my dear friend, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Sally, Merry Christmas to you. Hi, Charles. It's so good to be back on with you, and Merry Christmas. I wonder if you could take a moment to connect the beautiful promise that was made in Genesis and how it was fulfilled when Christ was born in Bethlehem. And it actually connects with, I think, your favorite Christmas carol, doesn't it? Yes. The thing about Christmas is it starts not that night in Bethlehem. It starts right before the very beginning. And that testifies to God's faithfulness. From the very beginning, he had this plan and made this promise and kept it. And so all through the Old Testament, when everyone was waiting and when it went wrong and everything looked bad, when people were afraid, when they got sent to exile, God's plan was still working. And Christmas, we get to see God's faithfulness. We get to see what he was planning all along. And it's so beautiful to think that he comes, the creator of the universe comes not as a warrior or a politician or a general. He comes as a very vulnerable baby born to a young parents who are homeless. And I think it's just on so many levels, it's so not the way we would do things. And it's the way that we need God to do it. And I just love Christmas, you can't beat it. I I guess you could beat it with Easter, but I don't know. I love both so much, and it just is such a marvel to me that it begins even before the creation of the world. And God promises this incredible gift that comes once in Royal David City, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. We heard from Sally Lloyd-Jones as she read from her Jesus Storybook Bible, Every story whispers his name, and she shared her favorite Christmas carol. This is a Haven Today Christmas special. We're calling it Christmas in the beginning. We've been looking at Christmas in an unlikely place, the place where Christmas began, the book of Genesis. And we've been looking at another promised child, the child promised to Abraham and Sarah. The couple was childless and old. Abraham himself was nearly a hundred. God had promised that their descendants would outnumber the stars, but I wonder if Abraham and Sarah weren't a little disappointed while they waited for the promise to come true. Maybe you've felt that way in the holidays. The most wonderful time of the year is not so wonderful for everyone. Maybe time with family for you is more strife than celebration. Maybe you can't give the gifts you wish you could. Or maybe your children or grandchildren are disappointed with the gifts they receive. Sometimes Christmas time isn't cheerful and happy. It's filled with unfulfilled expectations and disappointments. Abraham and Sarah had unfulfilled expectations as well. They were both in their 90s. God had made this promise decades before, but where was he? When was he going to show up? Would he keep his promise? Would they ever get to smile and laugh at the birth of a beloved child? But God didn't leave them there, and he won't leave you there either. He gave them Isaac, their son of laughter, and he's given us a savior, 
the Savior who brings joy to all who believe. We've been talking about Abraham, but who was he? Abraham was just a man living in Ur of the Chaldees, modern-day Iraq. His father's name was Terah. He had brothers, Nahor and Haran, a nephew named Lot. Nothing really special about him. He didn't know Yahweh, but the Lord knew him, and he broke into his world without warning. Genesis 12:1. Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And that's not all he said to him. He gave him a promise. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. What did Abraham do? Well, he went, just as the Lord told him. It was probably hard to believe that a great nation would come from him since he didn't even have a child yet. But Abraham had faith in the Lord, and Scripture tells us that his faith made him a child of God. God breaks into all of our lives, just like he did with Abram. One of my favorite stories about God breaking into someone's life is the story of my friend Lee Strobel. And Lee is joining us on this Haven Today Christmas special. Lee, from Houston, Texas, Merry Christmas to you, and thanks for joining me. Well, it's great to be with you, Charles. Thanks so much for having me. Lee, many people know your story from the book, The Case for Christ, and many more know it now from the new movie out with your story. You were godless, like Abram. You didn't know God. You didn't believe in him. But then Jesus broke through with a gospel of grace, and life was never the same. What I want to know, Lee, is what was it like that very first Christmas as a Christ follower? Well, I came to faith on November the 8th of 1981, so it was right before Christmas. And that Christmas season took on a whole new dimension for me, having been an atheist for much of my life, and now, uh, you know, freshly devoted to Jesus Christ. And it was as if that Christmas season, that all the previous ones had been like a, a motion picture that was filmed in a 16 millimeter black and white with scratchy sound. But that Christmas was like Technicolor with Dolby stereo. I mean, it just was so alive, it was so real, it was so personal. And one of the things that struck me, I remember one of the topics that the preacher was speaking on around Christmas was how when the um, shepherds were in the field and the angels announced to them that uh, a child had been born in Bethlehem who was the savior of the world, and it was interesting their response. Uh, they didn't just stand there and say, wow, that's fantastic, let's celebrate. They said, we got to go check this out. we got to go look into it ourselves. we gotta, we got to see this for ourselves. And it says they rushed into Bethlehem uh, to see the child. And I thought, you know, that's sort of an affirmation of what the process that God had taken me on, that uh, I had heard uh, through my wife and through uh, others about Jesus uh, as an atheist uh, when I was a skeptic and a doubter. And uh, But I ran in and pursued the evidence and, and checked it out myself and found out that, uh, you know, this child in a manger is not a fairy tale. It's not wishful thinking, not make-believe, not mythology or legend, but Jesus really, uh, God incarnate, uh, coming into our world to redeem us of our sin. And uh, so that Christmas 
probably was the, the best one I've ever had uh, in the sense that, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the colors were more vibrant, the story was more real, the uh, emotions were more fresh, and uh, you know, I've tried to carry that with me ever since. Lee, thank you so much for sharing this special Christmas story with us. So many of us who now follow Jesus can say the very same thing happened at our first Christmas as a Christian. Lee, if you don't mind sharing with us, tell us what your favorite Christmas carol is. Well, it was interesting when uh, I was in the newspaper business. Uh, I was assistant managing editor of a newspaper called The Daily Herald. And it was in the Chicago area. It was the third largest newspaper in the state. And uh, around Christmas time, we'd put up billboards, and there'd be a picture of an angel reading our newspaper. And the headline said, Hark, the herald angels sing. So now, as a Christian, that carol took on a whole new meaning. It was not just a way to promote uh, a newspaper, but the lyrics of that song always strike me. And the, the lyrics that always bring tears to my eyes is, is when the song says, God and sinners reconcile. And I love that simple way that it expresses what Christmas is all about, what the Incarnation is all about, uh, Jesus' mission to uh, seek and save the lost is all about. And I think for someone like me who lives such a ugly and narcissistic and drunken, self-absorbed, immoral life as a sinner, those simple words, God and sinners reconciled, says it all. And, and that, to me, is Christmas. Lee, I've got to say, that carol means a lot to me as well. Merry Christmas, and thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks so much for having me. Merry Christmas to all the Haven listeners. May this be the Christmas that is like technicolor for you. The angels broke into the shepherd's winter night with the news of a newborn baby. And the Lord broke into Abraham and Sarah's lives with the promise of a baby so many years before. We heard Sally Lloyd-Jones's Jesus Storybook Bible version of the story earlier, but let me read the story now from Genesis 18. Abraham, standing outside, receiving a promise from the Lord while Sarah is back in their tent. I'll start with verse 9. I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out, and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? And then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. The promise seems pretty unbelievable, doesn't it? I can't blame Sarah, though, for laughing. Can you? For years they had tried to have children, and now long before Sarah would have been able to conceive, the Lord promised a son. That would take nothing short of a miracle, something that seemed impossible to Abraham and Sarah. But in that moment, they forgot that nothing is too hard for the Lord. I think we forget that too. The Lord is faithful. What's impossible with man is possible with him. This story should remind us of the story we are celebrating this holiday season. After years of waiting for the Messiah, you can imagine 
the people of Israel felt forgotten. You can imagine the frustration of their oppression at the hands of the Roman Empire and their disappointment that God had not come to them yet. And that's where the scene with the shepherds comes in. Minding their own business, maybe feeling a bit forgotten as the outcasts of society, wondering who would come and deliver them. And then were they surprised. A whole choir of angels from heaven with the greatest news that they could ever hope to hear. News of a rescuer, a baby born in Bethlehem. We have another special guest on this Haven Today Christmas special. My friend, Randall Goodgame. Randall, thanks so much for joining us from Nashville. Would you tell us about the song from your new Sing the Bible Christmas album, about this remarkable scene with the shepherds and the choir of angels announcing good news? Thank you, Charles. It is so fun to get to talk about this one. It follows the song on our new Christmas uh, scripture CD where it's the scripture that maybe a lot of your listeners will remember from the Peanuts Christmas special where Linus is uh, announcing what Christmas is all about to all the other kids where the shepherds were out in the fields um, tending their flocks and then the angel of the Lord came before them and then they were terrified but the angel said fear not for we come and we bring good news so that happens on the CD and then the next song is this one glory to God in the highest that's what the angels sing so I thought it would be fun to have some of our friends in our community have some of their kids uh, and my kids sing on it so they're the voices of the angels it just turned out great I loved repeating do not be afraid over and over again because it was what the angels said to the shepherds for that particular moment but man I I just needed I need it every day with what we encounter every day don't do not be afraid basically the remembering the Lord is with you he has come he has told his story and is telling it now through you so anyway, I, I always get teary when I hear that second half. Glory, glory, glory to God. Glory, glory, glory to God. In the highest, in the highest. Glory, glory, glory to God. Glory, glory, glory to God. In the highest, in the highest. Afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. What a great song, Randall. From a brand new album, Sing the Bible, Family Christmas. Glory to God, indeed. Thank you again for joining us on this special Christmas program. Well, thank you, Charles. It is always wonderful to speak with you, and I pray you have a very Merry Christmas as well, you and all the Haven Today listeners out there. Merry Christmas. Randall is so right. We have nothing to be afraid of now that Christ has come. When we see Jesus as the Savior He is, our hearts are no longer filled with fear, but rather with hope. I'm Charles Morris, and we're looking at Christmas in the beginning here on a Haven Today Christmas special. 
Abraham and Sarah received a promised child, even when it seemed bleak and impossible, one through whom the whole world would be blessed. Then to a fearful couple, Mary and Joseph, and Mary still a virgin, the true fulfillment of that promise finally coming, a child through whom the world would be blessed, the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. Christmas is the miracle of the Lord becoming a man, not just to live, but to live and die, to save us from our sin. In the midst of this holiday season, we can stop and remember that God himself became one of us in Jesus, so we could find true hope and satisfaction and joy. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. He is faithful to his promises, and it is in that truth that we can hope this Christmas. A man who has not been disappointed by his hope in Jesus is the chaplain of the United States Senate, Barry Black. Merry Christmas, Barry, there in Washington, D.C. Thanks for joining us today. I'm delighted to be with you, Charles. Chaplain Black, do you mind sharing one of your special Christmases with us? My mother had presents wrapped under the tree. It was Christmas Eve, and I tossed and turned in my bed. I couldn't wait for sunrise in order to see the gifts my mother had bought for us. And finally, it was daylight, and I rushed down and picked up the biggest package that had my name on it, and opened it, and to my great joy, I had been given a plastic bulldozer. It had rubber wheels that I could push along the floor. I was about eight or nine years of age, but this was the most exciting gift that I had ever received. And I played with that bulldozer hour after hour after hour. But by the end of the day, I had played long enough but I was weary, and suddenly, the bulldozer did not seem nearly as special as it had when the day had begun. The reality is that what we put in boxes and wrap in colorful paper, these things are not the most important gifts of Christmas. The most important gift of Christmas is God's gift to us through his Son. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus is the reason for the season. He is the gift that we will never get tired of. Thanks so much for sharing that story. Barry, I can't have you on and not ask you to pray. Would you mind leading us now in a Christmas prayer? Eternal God, who sent your Son to save us, we lift our hearts to you. Lord, during this Christmas season, help us to simplify our activities and traditions so we can focus our celebration on the reason for the season, the birth of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for sending us the Prince of Peace, demonstrating your unconditional love for humanity. We thank you that you did not send him to condemn the world, 
but that we may experience the abundant life. We praise you that he tells us, Come to me, you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Lord, in this season of hope and cheer, give us that supernatural peace that is a foretaste of heaven. We praise you for the simple but life-changing message of your love for us all. May we find true freedom in living the blessed and abundant life that Christ came to give us all. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend on us today. Cast out our fears and enter in. Be born in us, we pray. And Lord, as we think of the tragic violence in our nation and world, we pray for peace on earth. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin in our hearts. We pray in the name of the Prince of Peace. Amen. Abraham and Sarah received a promised child, even when it seemed bleak and impossible, one through whom the whole world would be blessed. Then to a fearful couple, Mary and Joseph, and Mary, still a virgin, the true fulfillment of that promise finally coming, a child through whom the world would be blessed, the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. Christmas is the miracle of the Lord becoming a man, not just to live, but to live and die, to save us from our sin. In the midst of this holiday season, we can stop and remember that God himself became one of us in Jesus, so we could find true hope and satisfaction and joy. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. He is faithful to his promises, and it is in that truth that we can hope this Christmas. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Great Stories with Charles Morris. I also want to give a special thanks to Sally Lloyd-Jones, Randall Goodgame, Lee Strobel, and Barry Black. And I hope they helped you anticipate Jesus just a little more this Christmas. This podcast is made possible by generous support from Friends of Haven today. And if you'd like to make a gift before the year end to this listener-supported ministry, you can learn more and do that at haventoday.org. You can also sign up for our weekly email. And if you want to hear more conversations like this, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode, help us get the word out. Leave us a five-star review. Again, let me just say Merry Christmas and thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris. Charles Morris.